Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing awesome today. We are excited to welcome back Jimmy Dykes, college basketball analyst and author of the book, The Film Doesn't Lie, Evaluating Your Life One Play at a Time. And we we had an awesome conversation with him, and I think you'll be uh, encouraged by it. And, And I think that this whole concept of Watching our own game film is a, a really important topic, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about it uh, after the interview. And, and so before we jump in, though, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, and we appreciate their support. Uh, also, check out our website, unpackingit.com, and there you can subscribe to the podcast, our devotional. You can find out about upcoming events, including our virtual trivia night coming up on April 22nd, uh, which we're fired up about, and a bunch of uh, local events in Charlotte if you're in the Charlotte area. Uh, but for those of you listening around the world, uh, we do have virtual options and ways for you to get plugged in to Unpacking It. And, and be a part of this community of sports fans following Jesus. And so we're excited to have a, a great conversation with Jimmy Dykes. Here we go, right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome. To the Unpacking It podcast, I'm Bryce Johnson, and joining us today is Jimmy Dykes. He's a follower of Jesus, he's a husband, a father, ESPN college basketball analyst, former basketball coach, and author of the book, The Film Doesn't Lie, Evaluating Your Life One Play at a Time. The book encourages readers to make meaningful changes to deepen their faith and contentment. Tons of great topics in the book. We're going to talk about a couple of them on the show today but Jimmy it's great to have you back on the show how are you Bryce I'm doing really well man it's the start of my off season time for me to you know make sure I'm fully engaged with my uh, family my wife and daughter I, I try to do a pretty good job with that during my basketball season I'm going 100 miles an hour so this is one of my favorite times of life the spring season college hoops is behind us and and uh, so I, I spend a lot of time now at my home and enjoying life for a few months Oh, that's awesome. What what are some of your, I don't know, hobbies or, or things that you, you engage in during the off season? Yeah, you know, our, our daughter's in high school, so I'm involved with her track team. Uh, she has a meet this afternoon, actually. I, I, I still love working out every day. You know, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big runner and I, I love mowing my yard. I love doing that yeah. stuff outside. 
one of those things that you get instant gratification. I know a lot of people are kind of wired like me, like just like to see the result as soon as I'm done. So just normal stuff. We live on a golf course. I try to get out there and golf three or four times a week as well and live a few houses down from my uh, from my mom. So I'm a normal everyday guy. I, mean, I got a really cool job. I'm a normal, normal dude like everybody else out there, I think. I hope so anyways. Oh, that that's awesome. So I'm, I'm the same way. I love mowing the lawn. Like it's not a chore. It's a it's a joy. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's funny. I asked this question on our show on Monday. When when people watch the Masters, what does it make you want to do? And so you live on a golf course. So I imagine it makes you want to go play golf. But for me, it makes me want to go work on my yard. I just want to get closer to, the, to, to Augusta. I want that grass to look a little bit, little bit more like them. Yeah, I've never been. I've got some buddies that go go every year. They they say that the TV doesn't do it, do it justice. It, it it is immaculate, and it is actually that green. It's like, do they paint the grass? And nope, that's how it is, man. It's beautiful. So I, I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> they they figured it out. Well, so we had the Masters. Then before that, of course, it was March Madness and, and an unbelievable tournament. And and I thought a very worthy champion a fun national championship very surprising but but as we kind of reflect back on the fact that Baylor won this tournament what what do you take away from that because there's so many layers to to what Baylor did and and looking back at their whole story what really stands out to you well I I think there's a chance if Baylor hadn't gone into the COVID pause that they may have been undefeated Mm. They, they were playing an unbelievable brand of basketball before they got hit by COVID. And it, it took them a while to find their legs and find their game back after that. But, uh, man, they were dominant in that NCAA tournament. Uh, they just looked like every game they played, the, the, the faster, stronger, more physical, quicker team every time they played. Uh, and how they handled Gonzaga was very impressive because Gonzaga was the real deal. You can take a shot at them if you want to about – coming out of the WCC and all that. I don't believe it. Gonzaga had three legitimate first-team All-Americans, and, and Baylor just put it to them. So hats off to Baylor. Scott Drew's a buddy of mine. I've talked with him a couple of times since they won the tournament. Mm. And what, what, a, what a great story from where he inherited that program and, and where it ended up right now. Absolutely. And, and the fact that he's been there so long and, and went through all the, you know, the challenges to, to now get to this point. And, and we just saw this off season, so many different coaching changes. Do you get the sense that, that he's now he's there, he's built this program and, and he's kind of a, a, a lifer. Is that, is that the sense you get? I don't see anything that tells me differently. You know, there's yeah. some really good jobs that came up this spring and he, he had no part of it. So uh, I, I, I think who he is at his core fits perfectly with that Baylor Baylor campus what they what they their, their beliefs how they go about things their culture is really really good inside that basketball program right now I know he's got a lot of pride in what he's done and I I, I think he's there for as long as he wants to be there yeah yeah no question well th- this offseason we saw a lot of interesting moves big time programs UNC and Indiana and Arizona and Texas and Marquette all all making coaching changes was there a, a move or two that, that really stuck out to you that, that you're especially intrigued by? Well, all those coaching hires always have a level of uh, anticipation, I think, is the best way to put it. You know, what, what sounds like a home run and a great hire the day they're hired, you don't really don't know until two or three years down the road. But certainly all those guys that got hired from Chris Beard to Tommy Lloyd out of Arizona – uh, Shaka going to Marquette, Hubert Davis. I'm a huge fan of Hubert. 
yes. in North Carolina. I, I just thought that was that was a no-brainer. Uh, out of all the hires, that was one to me that was the obvious. Don't mess this up. Don't don't overthink it. Hubert Davis, former great player at North Carolina, been on the bench beside Roy for ten years now, I believe. Phenomenal person, loves North Carolina just like Coach Williams did, and uh, I'm 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 really happy for my friend Hubert Davis. You know, he's a former ESPN guy with us, and I, yeah. I think he's going to do a phenomenal job, man. That's a, I, I'm really pleased for him, and I was really impressed by how Roy Williams exited North Carolina. He did it with as much uh, grace and kindness and thankfulness uh in the transition as well as anyone i've seen yeah i'm i'm thrilled for hubert he's been a guest on the show and and just the, the way that he represents his, his faith and and being able to to now be the key leader at unc man i'm i'm fired up about it that's that's going to be awesome um the the other thing that's kind of been going on this year with with college basketball is a lot of changes are bubbling up and and we're kind of wondering okay what what's the direction and future of of college basketball and and you're right in the the middle of it all uh, now that it is the off season, we're hearing some you know things about the the transfer portal and the uh, the name, image, and likeness. What what do you make of the 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 status of college basketball right now, and, and kind of what's your uh, vision for where the game is is going next? It's changing before our eyes as much as it ever has in the last twenty years. Uh, that one time transfer rule that went into effect, uh, get, well, it was voted on yesterday, got yeah. approved really changes college basketball. I know other sports at the college level have had that already implemented, but I think it completely changes the the dynamics of how a coach now goes about his job because any head coach out there is going to have to constantly be recruiting his own kids uh, in, in fear of losing them because kids know I can leave and play next year. Uh, so that's a big part of it. I think you're going to see a lot of kids being recruited right off of college campuses, even at a higher level than it is now. Uh, I am not in favor of the rule. Mm. I'm in favor of kids being allowed to transfer if the coach leaves, uh, but not, not, not when a university invests as much as they invest in recruiting a young man or young woman for three or four years. All the money, the time, the resources, the energy – that goes into getting someone on your campus and just because it doesn't go well the first five or six games and they but they aren't getting enough jump shots or enough minutes they're the wrong people in the year boom they make a decision and they're gone i don't think that's right uh but there's you know that's we all have different views on things and uh i i just know that the coaches the coaches that i talk to that are in it every day not guys that are sitting on the side weighing in giving their opinions that have never been in those battles and are in those have not been in those battles recently. Uh, they they know that this is not best for the game. Mm. It makes their their jobs very very difficult. So we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Uh, the, the game continues to change. Uh, hopefully, it's for the better. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, coming off the the tournament, and we wondered, oh, what was going to be like just with the the circumstances. It's still delivered like, like it always does. And, and so even though maybe there are some concerns without a doubt, just as fans, as we look at the game of college basketball, uh, there's still so many positives and it's, and it's always so much fun. And, and we think back to, to last year and actually the last time that, that we had you on the show was right before what we thought would be the tournament and ended up being canceled. And so now a year later, just the fact we had the tournament was, uh, you know, tremendous for sure. But, but I want to go back to this, this kind of last year and, and I'm curious how it impacted you personally everybody's been going through you know a similar experience but but it affects all of us 
differently. Good, bad, faith-wise, personally, how, how has this this last year been, been for you? Well, work, work-wise, it was different because the 80% of the 50-something games I did this year were from my home studio Gosh. right here in the house. Uh, so that was, that was different. Uh, it took a while to adjust to it, calling games in that situation. I thought ESPN did a phenomenal job of maneuvering through a pandemic get all those games on the air and, and, and all the technology that it took to pull it off. It was really a remarkable job, what we were able to accomplish. So I'm, I'm proud to be a part of that team. Uh, I, I think like everybody else, I, it gave me even more time at, at home to, to read and self-reflect and uh, probably uh, re- reset some things in terms of my life and mm. how I want to be going forward and realizing there's things that, that, I was without that I don't have to go back to mm. uh, just the business of the time. So uh, I think like everything you, you can get out of it, what you want to get out of it. I know there's been a lot of bad. I know there's been a lot of loss, a lot of hurt. Uh, but I, I think we all need to try to find ways to uh, learn, grow, get better, improve. Uh, so certainly thankfulness, gratefulness, and a lot of things in my life stuck out stand out to me now looking back over the last year maybe some things I took for granted mm. and, and especially with you mentioned just kind of yeah the self-reflection which is a, a lot of what this this book is all about uh being able to look at our own game film and I think for really probably for for most people thought more about life than than maybe they have and you mentioned the busyness we're always running and gunning and it's on to the next thing that we don't take enough time to really pause and evaluate uh which is why this this book's so so important and, and encouraging uh, but this this year, I think, did force some people to figure out, OK, wait, what do I value? What what is life going to look like moving forward? And what do I want to keep? What do I want to continue to get rid of? Like you said. Uh, and so I think, yeah, there, there's a lot of, of good from that. Um, on, a, on a side note, you mentioned the uh, doing the games from home. What was that really like? What was the the setup? Because I'm fascinated by it. it's been interesting you know, seeing the guys and you're you're one place and the play by play guy somewhere else. What What was that like? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. I, I a large chunk of my games were with uh, Carl Ravage, and he would actually drive into the Bristol studio there in uh, Connecticut, and be in a studio on our home campus. I was in right here at my house in Arkansas. The producer was sometimes uh, sometimes out of Charlotte, sometimes out of Orlando, sometimes out of Bristol, uh, just all over the place. So it made it it was it was interesting. And sometimes our producers were actually on site and we were still in, in our home. So, wow. Uh, but we adjusted to it. We were operating off of a Zoom call. So the clarity that we saw was not quite as good sometimes as what the viewers actually seeing at home. Uh, but uh, we, you know, we, we, we you, you learn, you adjust, you adapt like everybody else did in the past year. And you, and you figure out how to do it at a high level. I think we did that. So, uh, but there's still something to be said for being live and in person the last week of my season. I was in Nashville, Tennessee for the SEC tournament calling the games from not courtside, but at least in the arena up in, in, at the suite level. And just the energy that you felt once again, being in a live game was, uh, was really special. So I look forward to just getting back where there's 15, 20,000 people and you feel the energy in the building. So, uh, but uh, other than that, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty much a normal year. Just the, the, the number of games we did, the quality that we did it was, it was unique, but I hope we, I hope we get back to normal on our end as well. That's right. Yeah. We got, got to get the fans in there for sure. Well, 
so last year was when this this book released, basically right before the the pandemic started. And so now, kind of a, a year later, as as people have have read it and and responded to you and and given you feedback, what what do you think has resonated the most? What 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 has been maybe some of the common feedback that that you've heard from from readers? Well, uh, it's I I know it has changed the hearts of thousands of readers. I I, I get I've got I get feedback every day. Mm. Um, through DMs, through our publishing company, uh, through my book agency, uh, because it is a book that it will challenge you severely to pause, get quiet before the Lord, carve out space in your heart to let him speak to you about key areas of life. Mm. And I'm in, in two days, I'm, I'm speaking to a, a men's group of about 120, and we're working through that book mm several chapters during the course of a Saturday. I know the book right now is, is, is really, it's being used by a lot of small group studies. Uh, I think it has 10 or 11 chapters in it. So they're going through a chapter a week. That's great. In those small group accountability groups. So really it hasn't been one chapter that has resonated more than others. I mean, anything from the chapter on forgiveness, the power of our spoken words, the, the challenge to hear God's voice, the fight for balance in our life, um, all, all those things have resonated with different people from all different walks all across the country. So uh, it's a book that continues to be used by God, which is all I, the intention I ever had was for God to use it how he wanted to use it and still get a lot of book sales off of our website, coachjimmydykes.com. And I personally sign those, write a note. So any of your uh, viewers and listeners right now that are interested in the book, that's probably the best place to get it, coachjimmydykes.com. Oh, that's awesome. CoachJimmyDykes.com. And, and so I did want to talk about a couple of the, the chapters and, and you kind of alluded to this and, and even thinking about the, how the fact that fans haven't been there, but the, uh, the chapter called, man, this place is rocking, uh, which of course is about the great arenas that, that you get to call games in and, and be a part of. And so uh, the chapter is also about hearing the voice of God and, and having discernment. And so can, can you share the, the analogy about putting on the headset and and kind of testing it before the game because I think that's a great uh, image and, and and hopefully people can kind of relate to that and and how that that parallels being able to to hear God's voice. Yeah, well, there's there's I think there's I know that there's so much noise that comes at all of us on a day to day basis, different voices, d- different things pulling for our attention, uh, trying to get into our ears, trying to change our path. And I've learned that we have to be very, very intentional about what we allow uh, into our ear and what we what eventually then gets into our heart. And I think the voice of God is the most important voice that needs to rise up amongst all the other noise and in, in throughout our day. And it's it's hard. It's a hard battle, right? it, it, but it's it's a battle that we have to win. We have to have very great intentions about how we go about it. So, uh, you know, when I'm uh, in a in a in a in a packed arena doing a college game, it gets really, really loud. And that headset will kind of get some of the crowd noise out. We have effects on our headset. And what I'm listening to during the game, it's it's crazy how much noise is going on. Uh, but it's very important that I can hear the play-by-play guy clearly and the producer uh, on the game. Those are the two voices that I need to hear, especially the producer, because without that producer's direction where we're going next, it can become a pr- pretty much of a mess, uh, much like our life. When we get to the point where we don't hear God's voice, uh, we're not seeking God's voice. We don't recognize God's voice like we should. 
our, our, our life can get off path. Our, our life can become a mess. Uh, our life can go places that we're not intended to go. So I use that analogy in that that, that chapter has gotten a lot of feedback uh, to me uh, from readers out there that are uh, wanting to hear God's voice more clearly, uh, are struggling with situations in their life where they, they want direction from God. And I take them to a place where uh, I think it helps. And, and for you personally, what does that look like almost uh, daily and kind of how, how you structure your own time with the Lord and being able to, to, to hear his voice? Uh, what, have some, what are some things throughout your faith journey uh, that you've recognized and implemented uh, in your own quiet time? Yeah, Bryce, I'm, I'm involved in a, in a men's group, a weekly men's group that meets uh, in the mornings once a week. Uh, so that, that, that is a big part of it. But pretty much it's just the daily discipline of finding time to spend alone with God, reading the Bible, praying, just being alone with Him. Mm. And I, I, I don't think anyone in the world is too busy mm. to do that. Not one person. I'm extremely busy during the college basketball season. I know guys that are vice presidents of Walmart and Tyson here in my home state of Arkansas that have unbelievable stress and demands on them. heart surgeons, different buddies of mine that, that have uh, as much on their plate as anyone I know. Mm. Uh, but they're still finding time to, uh, daily to spend time with God. So I, I, I don't have a lot of empathy for people to say, I'm just so busy. No, you're, no, you're not. No, no one is that busy. Uh, and that might, that might seem a little hard and a little tough to hear. Uh, but I, I think that's when real growth occurs is when we get real with ourselves and we quit making excuses and we decide, is this important in my life or is it not? Mm. If it's not, fine. But if it is, then you better be intentional about what you're trying to accomplish. Amen. No, it's it's what we need to hear. That's the that's the challenge for us. And I, I've I've recently been been convicted just to slow down even more. And uh, so I appreciate the, the the message of of that that chapter specifically. Um, and and so another thing that that you kind of hope to to get from this this book is that this idea that readers will be able to to deepen their contentment. And and so what, what's interesting to me is we 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 always want to grow, and 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 this book helps us do that and and, and allow God to to change us. But we also want to remain content. So, so we talked a little bit about this the last time you were on, but but maybe not so much the the, the word contentment. So, so, what does that that look like to you? What have you learned about that word, and, and how do we remain content yet still desire to grow and change? Well, I kind of think it's two different things uh, because I I think God wants us to be content with where He has mm-hmm. us uh, in life and that and and the season of life that we're in. And we can kind of miss that, those seasons if all we're worried about is what's next, what's next, what's next. Uh, so I, I think there is a, a, a level of learning when it comes to uh, being present in the moment, enjoying that moment, uh, not letting uh, greed and envy and the voice of comparison draw us away from where God has us right now. I don't think we need to be content with where we are with God. Mm. Uh, I don't think we need to get to the level of complacency that probably all of us has, have fought at times in our life. I don't see anything in the scripture that ever says, be complacent with knowing God. It's not, it's, it's, it's not there. Uh, so I kind of view that as two, two different areas of life. One is where we are in life, but the, the, the other part is where am I with uh, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and our creator. And I don't think there's uh 
I, I don't think we're called to be complacent in that second area. Amen. No, that's well, well said and, and very, uh, yeah, that, that clear distinction. I, I think that's helpful. Um, another chapter, uh, chapter eight is about balance. And, and I think all of us, you know, wrestle with this and you talk about the busyness and, and guys have, you know, responsibilities. And then there's just the, the pressure from society and, and the pressure that, that all of us face each day as, as husbands, fathers, and uh, at work and all that sort of thing. And, and so what, what have you uh, learned in regards to, to balance? And, and of course, we encourage people to, to, to read the book to, to hear more about it. But, but just uh, maybe an encouragement for our listeners today, uh, just to, in, in specifically regards to balance. Well, I think it's a battle that we all fight, especially men. And then there's a lot of there's a lot of ladies out there too that read my book and say, "Man, I, I fight this all the time. I'm a I'm a single mom, a, a working mom, trying to run a house and children, all that, and and it's hard. I, I understand it. And we all have different seasons. It seems like in our life that are busier than others. So uh, I think that's where that word being intentional comes in. You have to at some point stop and 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 really thoroughly pray about and think through uh, what's important to me right now. Is it going to be important to me 20 years from now and make adjustments in your life? And that, that word balance is a hard one. It's, it's a word that we have to fight for as, as leaders of our home and make sure that we are staying in balance. Cause I, I no no, uh, no athlete, no coach, uh, no businessman, no president of a company, uh, no dad, no husband uh, can be at their best in their job if they are not the best version of himself. And I think being out of balance and what's easy to get out of balance in a lot of different ways. My book gets into that uh, probably derails people as much as anything right now. Gosh, no, no question. And, and along those lines, too, in the chapter, you, you also talked about the, uh, the, the self first mentality that, that we also push against. And, and, and the idea of, you know, putting, putting others uh, before ourselves and, and, and helping with that, that balance as well. Uh, what, what have you learned over the years in, in your own journey, just in, and as you've evaluated your own life, um, how to push back against that, that selfishness that, that we have? And it's a daily grind, a daily surrender uh, that, we, that we must experience. But, but, but what have you uh, taken away from that, that battle? Yeah, I, I think you just said it. I think it's a daily surrender. And that's why that, that time with God is so important every day, because I think there's things that don't come natural to us. I don't think forgiveness comes natural to us. I, I, there's, there's a lot of things. So it's a daily surrender to God. On my own, I'm going to mess this up with you. I, 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 I will have um, peace and prosperity and protection over my over my life and in and, and, and all those areas. So I think it's a, it requires a daily submission like the written word tells us about. And when we get away from that for days at a time, weeks at a time, months, years at a time, uh, that's when even more challenges come our way than God ever intended for us to have. Uh, so I think that that word submission that you use is very important. Amen. Well, Jimmy, what, one more thought. Uh, we'll go kind of a, away from the, the, the book for a moment. Uh, we we're talking about coaches and some of the new coaches in, in college basketball. And, and to think that the last two national champions, uh, coaches, championship coaches, Tony Bennett, Scott Drew, very outspoken about their faith, uh, but, but also seem to coach with 
uh, a different style, and 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 we've seen just kind of a change over the years with the types of coaches that, and, and maybe the strategies and philosophies that that work. And you've been around the game a long time, and have been on benches with different styles of coaches and, and all that sort of thing. What what do you make of uh, guys like that? And even looking at college football with Dabo Sweeney, and just part of it's their faith for sure, but but being able to coach with uh joy and 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 uh, just a different approach what do you what do you make of that and and you know multiple coaches the different faiths and backgrounds all that kind of thing but how do you evaluate that from your perspective well i i still think there's there's a lot of ways to coach a team and win games and win championships you know nick saban is different than dabo sweeney and and chris beard is different than mark few and just keep on going down the line Uh, but i do know that all those coaches uh, probably over the last 10 years or so have grown in their understanding of how important it is for those players to really know you as a coach uh, on, on, a, on a different level other than just the coach, mm-hmm. you know, and same way with a coach with a player like that, those uh, that word relationship gets used all the time, but it's so important. Uh, I think and that, that way when those relationships are built and they're rock solid and there's trust involved, then the coaching style can kind of go whatever your personality naturally leads you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that relationship's not there, it makes it very difficult. No, no matter what, no matter how soft, how tough, how hard, how firm, how whatever you are, yeah, it's like leading our families. If you don't have a relationship with your kids or your wife, you can try to lead your home all you want. It's not going to work. It's all about all about relationship. A- absolutely. Uh, again, the uh, the book is called "The Film Doesn't Lie: Evaluating Your Life One Play at a Time." That the foreword is is by Reese Davis, and and so how did you uh, land on him doing the foreword? Because that's a that's a big deal. Who you decide to to put at the the front of your your book? How, how did that come about? Yeah, just a, a guy that I've gotten to know uh, over the years, Bryce, and another believer. Uh, he and I have a lot in common when we work games together. Uh, I, I know how his life path is, how he's trying to live his life as a man. I, I know the, 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 stress, the, the, the stress and the pressure that he's under uh, with all the big uh, assignments he has with ESPN. So I was very grateful for uh, Reese to take the time to do that. Appreciative of your, of your time today as well. Um, appreciate you bringing up the book again, coach Jimmy Dykes.com is they get those books to me about two or three times a week. And, uh, it's not Reese Davis signing it. It's me, but <laughs> I, I think you'll get a lot out of it. You get a lot out of it. It's a, it's a self-investment is what it is at the, at the end of the day. Absolutely. So I recommend it and encourage people to, to check it out. Coach Jimmy Dykes.com and Jimmy. So thankful for, for you uh, being willing to join us on the show today and, and look forward to catching up again in the future. All right, Bryce. Thanks for having All right. me. In. Have a All right, you day. too. Thanks. There's Jimmy Dykes joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. So there's Jimmy Dykes. Joining us on Unpacking It, we're back in studio to kind of recap and unpack that conversation. And what's interesting is we talked to Jimmy one year ago, basically, right before the pandemic. And it's just amazing to think all that happened after that conversation. But 
Uh, if you missed that podcast, I encourage you to check that out because we talked about a couple other topics and a little bit more about his faith journey. Uh, so it complements the, the conversation that we had today. So today was kind of a follow-up to that. So uh, you can find that on our website, uh, unpackingit.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. It, it should be in there. Basically, last March, early March 2020 was that conversation. And and so uh, I, I thought I'd read just a couple uh, quotes from people that are endorsing this book. So uh, Rick Barnes, Tennessee head basketball coach, he said, Jimmy masterfully communicates the importance of evaluating where you are in crucial areas of your life. Uh, Gus Malzahn, uh, formerly of Auburn, uh, now he's at uh, Central Florida, uh, but he said, Jimmy adds needed focus in our pursuit of a real God. Um, And then, uh, let's see, uh, another one, uh, a guy's a a pastor uh, in Phoenix says, uh, if you are looking to grow as a man of God, this is a must-read for you. Get ready to search your heart and allow God to work in the depths of your soul. You will not be left the same. So, uh, so anyway, cool book. And, and, and this whole idea of evaluating our lives and being a self-evaluator, looking at our lives, you know, looking at the game film, uh, I, I really find to be an important practice and an added rhythm to our life. Now, in some ways, I don't think we should always be so inside our head or, you know, always thinking about our ourselves. You know, we have to be careful where we get, oh, you could take it too far. But I think a regular rhythm of evaluating, okay, what's going on at work? What's going on with my marriage? What's going on if we're, if we're a dad, you know, as a dad? And, and honestly thinking about, okay, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? And, you know, this is basic stuff, but we just get so busy and we get so bogged down by doing that we don't spend enough time just to be and to think and, and evaluate. And then ultimately, like Jimmy was talking about, we've got to listen to God's voice so that he's the one guiding, revealing, convicting, and, and you know, showing us the areas that, that do need to be changed. And then ultimately, we do have to surrender and allow him to do the transforming. He's the one that grows us. He's the one that changes us. But if we're aware and and we're taking the steps and then he'll ask us to actually, you know, put into practice and do certain things and take certain steps, then that's on us. Like that's up to us to do. We ask for his strength, we ask for his guidance, and then, you know, we're the ones that that have to do it. We're we're the ones that that actually are intentional with our wives, and we're the ones that that will have to schedule that that date night, right? Um, and we're the ones that are going to have to you know put our phone away and and be present with our our kids, and and, and shut down work at, at a certain point in the day and, and be available to our family, and 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 we're the ones that are going to have to go meet with God and get up a little bit earlier, uh, and so that that's you know that's that's our role in it, but but ultimately. God's the one through his word and through our time spent with him and, and through our, our pursuit and our seeking of him, he does the changing in us and, and, and continues to work through us uh, as, we, uh, as we pursue and as we realize, okay, I'm broken, I'm fallen, I need to make some changes and, and be open to that, to, to recognize, all right, I don't have everything figured out. And even if we go through a season where things are really clicking and rolling, then we might get out of that for a while. And then we have to, okay, what were the things that were working? Why aren't they now? 
you know, we'll go through seasons in, in marriage where things are, man, things are awesome right now. And then life gets busy and changes happen and certain circumstances, we get out of that rhythm. And so we have to self-evaluate, look at the game film and go, okay, wait, how do we, how do we recapture some of that? Um, and no, we can't always go back to the, <laughs> the early days when we just got married and all that sort of thing. And, and it's, it's different now, but hopefully we're growing and it's a deeper marriage, a deeper relationship. Same with our, our walk with the Lord that, you know, we got to go back to some of that, that, that joy and the freshness when we, we first received Christ. But now all these years later, hopefully for, for those of you listening that have been walking with the Lord for a long time, you can still tap into that joy, but it's like a, it's a deeper kind of joy because uh, it's not a, a, a freshness necessarily, because now we know God even deeper at this stage of life. But, but it's evaluating, okay, what were some of the elements early on reminding ourselves you know, why we, we gave our lives to Christ and, 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 and going back to that and going, man, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then evaluating where have we maybe become numb or, or taken things for granted. Uh, in our walk with him or, or even in marriage and, and even the excitement that we had when we you know, first held our, our child, um, if we're parents, uh, and then the days that they drive us nuts, it's, it's kind of reflecting back on that and saying, okay, early on I was so thankful and so appreciative. <laughs> I got to get back to that so that in these moments uh, when you know, things get difficult and challenging, I can have that, that peace and, and have the patience that I need. And then again, we tap into God's strength to have the patience, to have the grace uh, when we need it. So I, personally, with Maddie lately, whenever we brush teeth at night, she's little, so she doesn't really need to brush her teeth necessarily, but getting into the rhythm of that, she goes nuts. She, she's like the sweetest girl. She's awesome. And then you, you give her the toothbrush, and it's like she's flailing around and going crazy. And So I, I need so much patience. I need so much patience. So, I'm, so honestly, I'm evaluating this situation going, all right, Something's not working here. So I'm looking at the game film, night after night, toothbrush time, not working. Not working. What changes do we need to make? And those are practical changes. But there's also kind of a hard issue, too, of how I approach it, needing that grace, needing that patience in that moment. So anyway, it all kind of goes back to this. Uh, The film doesn't lie, and Jimmy Dykes uh, writing this book uh, about evaluating your life one play at a time, just like coaches and athletes do. So I just love the concept. It fits in well with us as sports fans and us being able to uh, to understand some of the parallels. Uh, so, I uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will check out the book. But uh, thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we had with Jimmy Dykes, ESPN analyst, former coach. Uh, and so it was fun to, to hang out with him. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next time here on the Unpacking It podcast. We are live on Mondays, 10.30 a.m. Thanks for listening later. Uh, If you don't catch it live, but uh, if you want to join us live and interact with us, we'd love to have you. Uh, Mondays, 10.30 Eastern, Facebook, YouTube. Coming to you you on the social networks and uh, Twitter as well. Uh, So we'll we'll see you then, and hopefully some, some fun interviews coming up as well, right here on the Unpacking It podcast, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon right here on the Unpacking It podcast. 
For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.